Welcome to episode 29 of the Great Since 68 podcast. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. How are you today, Chris? I'm good, thank you, Craig. Yourself? Yeah, I've not been too bad, thank you. It's uh, can't believe it's already Wednesday. It's This week's gone really quick. It is flying by, yeah. We'll start with the game uh, from the previous week, though, because we haven't had a show since then. It was Chelsea versus Birmingham City. It was our first of two away games. It was a game which ended in defeat, unfortunately, but it was a much improved performance on the 2-0 defeat that we had against Chelsea at Damson Park earlier this year. Goal from Fran Kirby opened the scoring in this one. She was given a bit too much space, but she produced a really good shot into one of the top corners. Then Hayley Ladd equalised in the second half with a nice half volley past the keeper, which Chris will be happy about. And then in the last minute of time against Chelsea, it was a mistake by one of the Birmingham defenders. They lost the ball. And obviously Chelsea, with the way they're clinical, they counter-attacked and Aaron Cuthbert got the winner in this one. As I said earlier, it's obviously a much more improved performance on the first time we played Chelsea this season. But it's just one mistake and mistakes happen. And obviously they, they cost us that day. They did. I mean, what I would say about the... The Chelsea game overall. You mentioned the the first game, the the, the game at home. I think that was only uh, three three months or so ago. But actually, we've gone from in that three months, we've gone from a team that we lost two 0 at home to Chelsea, but we come out of it saying, well, at least we didn't get battered. Chelsea are are the far superior side, and we've gone we've gone from that mentality to the mentality that actually. You know, we were disappointed not only to concede late on and, and lose, but actually not go on and win the game. And and that change of mentality over the over the last three months is is testament to what they've done there and and the belief that Marcus and the backroom staff and the girls have got. And it's flowing into the fans now. You know, like I said, I I, I watched the game. Unfortunately, couldn't get down to it, but watched it on. On, on the Facebook, and I have to say again, like I said, that second half, I honestly thought we were going to go on and win it. You know, n- not just not just sneak a point, but actually controlling the game, making Chelsea work hard, having the bulk of the possession in that second half, and really we looked like the side that was going to go on and win that. But as you say, a little bit of game management, a little bit of concentration, and you know, certainly Chelsea. Uh, that they are the side you don't want to make individual errors against, and and unfortunately, you know, in, in that last minute, it it hurt us. But an awful lot of pride to take from the performance. As uh, I I put on Twitter, I think at the time, despite the best efforts of the commentator trying to grit his teeth through saying it, but he was saying Birmingham were in the uh, in control in the second half, which they rightfully were, as the stats suggest. Which this might surprise you, Chris, but. Against Chelsea, we had 57% of the possession on that game, which, given what we'd expect from Chelsea, that is surprising, especially that Chelsea are at home. Everything about the fixture, you know, you're away at Chelsea, who at the time you thought were almost certainly going to go on and win, and win the league. Three days earlier, they've beat Arsenal at Wembley to win the FA Cup final, at Chelsea at their home turf as well. So to go there and, and put in the display that we did, I thought we were brave, we were willing to play. We weren't going to go there and just and just settle and, and park the bus and put players behind the ball. We went there to play our game and we took it to Chelsea. More possession. Uh, I'd say 
with the exception of the first 20, 25 minutes, probably more shots on goal as well. It was around the same. There was 10 shots for Chelsea and eight for us. So it's... Well, there you go, yeah. And, you know, Chelsea had quite a few in the early stages of the game. So, actually, you know, once we'd settled, once we'd settled into the game, once we'd settled into the way we like to play, that last hour was all blues. You know, the end of the first half was all blues. Follis had a chance one-on-one, which... Which unfortunately she hit straight at Lindahl, and then and then second half, you know, we we got the equaliser, fully deserved equaliser, and and as you say, the even if the commentator didn't 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 seem to know what what quote was going on, as he was probably probably expecting, probably build it as Chelsea domination, and then Blues come and and and, and boss Chelsea really, play him off the park at, at certain stages in that game. So yeah, an awful lot of pride to take from it, and. If you write off the first half of the season, it, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that we go to Chelsea and play well. But, you know, for, for the neutrals, it will be. Yeah, I mean, the second half of the season's been spectacular in comparison to some of the earlier points we dropped. But as we talked about, I think it was last week, there was games at the start of the season where it could have gone the other way through, through yeah. decisions or just moments that we didn't get the, what we deserved. But it's coming, it's coming to the fore and next season looks promising. So we'll move on now to the game from this past weekend, and that was our trip away to Everton. We travelled to the Marine Travel Arena. It was a nice trip down to... Well, it was near the beach, wasn't it, Chris? Because you went down yeah, to the beach. It was Crosby Beach, yeah. As someone who knows about Liverpool, obviously I didn't know they had a beach, so that, that was a surprise for me when I saw <laughs> the pictures and stuff. That probably speaks to my ignorance more so than what Liverpool has to offer, but it, it was obviously a really nice day, and everyone got to go down to the beach before the game yeah it was a lovely day you know the, the, the weather was gorgeous and and like you say I took Sean Lucy and George down uh, and we went to the beach before the it was about five minute drive from the ground so yeah I had a quick wander down the beach um I'd quite like it to either Liverpool or Everton to play there more regularly if, if it's going to be a nice day like that it was um yeah it was a lovely day yeah, it was it was it was quite a nice stadium. It was a bit unusual that the main stand is behind one of the goals, but yes. g- given how the stadium's positioned between two like housing estates, well, I, I was going to say yeah, you'd have to knock the houses down to build a stand on the side. Yeah, but with that news that Everton trying to move to that complex outside of, I think it's even further away than Witness is at the moment. So yes, it's yeah. a, it's a bit of an unusual one given that they are struggling to get fans in as it is. But yeah, maybe it'll have better transport links, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. But as you said, it was a nice day out at Everton, and we had a 3-0 win against the Toffees. It was a fantastic performance once again, Birmingham scoring after 20 minutes, thanks to Charlie Wellings, and this was a superb goal to open the scoring, Chris. Yeah, it was. We mentioned about how, how we set up at, at Chelsea. Um, you yeah, know, we've been strong at home. But if, if there is a slight criticism uh, of the season up to the last couple of games, it's been away from home. We haven't been able to to stamp our authority as much as we have at home. But I, I felt we did that at Chelsea, like we mentioned. And again, at Everton, we, we, we always looked in full control. And, and when the first goal came, again, it was it was much deserved. Um, I think deserved for Charlie as well, because, you know, she, she's worked very hard this season learning a new position, new responsibilities on the pitch, but showing the same old traits that, that we know she's got in her locker. She's taken it past the defender for about 30, 25, 30 yards, put it right in the top corner and giving Lavelle no chance in the goal. So, 
yeah, brilliant start um, and an excellent goal for Charlie and hopefully give her the boost she needs. Yeah, as you say, she hadn't scored in a while and it was great to see her score. And I spoke to her following the game and this is what she had to say. Two goals for yourself, Charlie. Today, obviously, it's um, been a long time coming. You've had a bit of a drought on goals, but they've come back today. And what a great goal to start it. Yeah, I mean, we came here wanting to obviously win the game. And we knew it was going to be a hard game because of the way that Everton would come out at us and think that they could take the game from us. But the way that we've been playing lately, we just needed to have a good performance again and carry on from the Chelsea game because we knew we played well. We just fell short at the end. Happy to get the goals, but more than happy to win the game. It's becoming more of a trend in the WSL this year, obviously, with um, Beth Mead for Arsenal as well, playing on the wing and scoring goals from the wing. Obviously, that's the way you'll be in position to play for Birmingham. Are you comfortable in that position and you, you feel you're playing well? Yeah, I mean, it was hard at the start of the season because obviously it was a new position, but I've grown into it and I think it's coming on now along and I'm enjoying myself just playing every week. The, the atmosphere is obviously really good at Birmingham at the moment. What do you think we need to do for next season to get that final push towards the top three positions, in your opinion? I think just keep doing what we're doing because how we finished off the season, I don't think people can even compete with us. Like We've beat Man City, we came close with Chelsea, obviously. We've beat everyone in the league, I think, this year, at least once. So I think just carry on doing what we're doing and try and keep all the girls, obviously, and happy. All of us just get on. I think that's why it clicks so well, because all of us are like a family. So I think if we just carry on the way we're going, I think we can do really well next year. Been away with England recently again. How was that experience for you and what did you take from it? I mean, it's always a good experience going to England and going away and playing against the likes of China and USA. But it's different there because I'm playing as a number nine in a different position. So I'll play a wing here and then I'll go there and play centre forward and then I'll come back and play wing. So I think it's just a lot of difference really but it's always a good experience just keep training and playing extra games it always helps it's an interesting one chris obviously charlie hasn't scored since back in january which is a surprise to me i thought it was more recently than that but she just really hasn't uh, had the breaks that she needed really obviously ellen's been scoring the goals and charlie's not been under pressure to score because ellen's been getting the goals maybe yeah i think i think that's part of it yeah um you know when charlie's played up front um there's a responsibility on on the strikers you know but before we've moved to the system that that we're in now there's a responsibility on on the strikers to get the goals and you know being a, a low scoring side that we have been over the last few years people look at your strikers and say are they the ones that are letting you down but but actually her work rate that she puts in and you mentioned the fact that obviously ellen is the number nine if you like you know, the the main focal point up front, the goal she's been getting has has taken the pressure off off wet Charlie a little bit. But you know, when Charlie gets in positions, you, you expect her to find the back of the net. You know, we we've seen we've seen her score very good goals in the past. You know, the the one at Wembley last year in the, in the cup final. You know, she, she got a couple at the start of the season, but like you say, I was surprised to see that she hadn't scored since January before before the Everton game. But um yeah, like I said, hopefully it'll give her the, the, the boost she needs, give it give her more confidence to get in goal scoring areas and uh, and boost our goal tally and hers. There was another moment just after the first goal, Chris, where it could have been two for half time. The ball ricocheted off the the referee and it went it landed to Alan who was would have been offside. I, I don't even know the rules. As someone who's done a refereeing course, I don't know what the rules are if it hits the referee and then bounces up. So it, I don't know if it would have been offside even if she'd put it into the net. I wouldn't have thought it would be. I mean, surely you'd only be offside if it was from your own player. So if it's a, whether it's the opposition or the referee, um, I don't think Ellen should have been 
should have been classed offside. Um, I originally thought that's what Gabby George was was complaining to the ref about that she was asking for offside. But I, looking back at it, I actually think she was just having a go at her for getting in the way. It, it was it, it was an interesting one, and obviously Ellen was was closed down by Gabby George in in the yeah. end. But Birmingham did take the advantage once again and made it 2-0 in the second half thanks to Charlie Wellings again it was a long ball from Megan Sargent which was headed on to Charlie Wellings by the defender Danielle Turner and Charlie Wellings conquered the bounce and fired it across the keeper Kirsty Lavelle to make it 2-0 Chris the confidence from the first goal got her in the position and she took it the chance when she was given it yeah and you know you you know Charlie's Charlie's taken her first touch was very good you know, which has set herself up for the shot. If you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. And, and, and she got her shot away. I think that last bounce just did for Lavelle, you know, and, and that really knocked the stuffing out of Everton, knocked the wind out of their sails. And uh, it was just rewards for us, I thought, because, you know, it gave us that, that control back and really settled the contest from there. And, and we were able to, to go in the game again and, and control it once more. Yeah, absolutely. And as the game progressed into the final few minutes, Ellen White scored with about five minutes left of normal time with another fantastic driven shot from about 30 yards into the top corner. When I was watching it back on the women's football show, obviously everyone behind the goal in unison threw their arms up. I didn't notice that at the time, but what what a moment and what a goal it was. Yeah, it was a fantastic goal. It was one of them where you thought, OK, that's, that's going to be close, that is. You know, as soon as it left her foot and it was a brilliant finish again from somebody who we're coming to expect that sort of finish from, you know, if she's, if she's get gets within shooting range within 30 yards, you're, you're thinking back of the net. And that's the, that's the form that Ellen's in. And that's the type of season that she's having at the moment. It was deserved for her performance, you know, leading the line. Well, causing the defense problems and she deserved that goal at the end. Yeah, absolutely. It was a dominant performance. It was, we had 15 shots to Everton's four in this match. And, the possession was 56% to 44%. So again, we dominate the possession in a WSL 1 game. We will now hear from manager Mark Skinner, who I spoke to following the match. 3-0 win today, Mark, against Everton. Obviously, we beat them 2-1, I think it was, earlier in the season. Again, it shows the progress the team's making. Yeah, it does look. Another clean sheet. We didn't keep a clean sheet against Chelsea, so back to clean sheets. And Everton are a good young team. They, I almost like them to us in the spring series. They've done really well, so they've stayed up this season and, and shown a good account of themselves. So I, I think all credit to us for beating them here. Pitch was dry, could have been another Yeovil potentially, but look at, the, look at the goal scored, awesome quality. So I'm really, really pleased with them today. I'm pleased that my performance, I was quite relaxed with the way that they were, so fair play to them today. In terms of goals recently, it's obviously Alan's taking the headlines with more goals in recent games, but obviously Charlie's got two today and obviously it's great to see her back in the goal score. Don't you think she should have more? She's probably one of the best finishers in the club. She needs more goals because actually for what she does in the game, she's been terrific this season. And if she adds more goals, she's just going to value rockets. She'll be sky high because we know what, how, what she can do. She's just got to be more consistent doing that. She'll grow that as she gets older. I'm really pleased. Look, she's a kid who I remember in a headband, like under 12s who came from Wolves. So I remember and I'm so happy to see her perform like She's been a constant this season, hasn't she? More goals, please, Charlie, because you've got, you've got it in your locker. You mentioned the goals. Obviously, there were some great goals today. There's been great, great goals throughout the season. 
season. It's obviously is there, is there anything working on, or is just just the technique coming to the fore? No, no, no. We work on it. So there's Frouty's goalkeepers half. So we work on that. Leanne always does a, a goalkeeping preview of the teams we're playing. So there are weaknesses that a goalkeeper has, regardless of how good they are. Even if it's anchoring, there's a weakness. So Ellen's figured that out. We've worked on that in training, and she scored a fair few of them now. So long mate, continue. Lisa Quinn started today. Obviously, she hasn't started many games in recent weeks. She earned her right to play today. Um, she's been great. The team's been so consistent that you can't really stop them. I'd love everyone to play, but if they're at the level, they'll they'll push and play. Lucy's proved that, and it was nice to give Emma a rest as well. So she did well today, Lucy. I was pleased with her. So fair play to her, 90 under a belt, and then it's competitive for Reading. You obviously mentioned Emma Follis. She ran herself into the ground against Chelsea the other day. She was playing a, a kind of a box-to-box midfield role as opposed to the, the traditional winger position for her. Was that something you're looking towards next season, looking to see if, where she can play as, as an alternative, or is it just something I just think that, for the game? I think that was, uh, that was how it happened in the game. Ideally, my ideal would be that we don't have positions only in defensive transition. I'd ideally like to not have that and we can rotate and move and so on. And that's what we're working towards, and I think people have seen that. All it takes is them to believe in a little bit of confidence and you can achieve anything and keep reiterating for a club of Birmingham size we are at a point where people say overachieving but I think we're underachieving still so I think we've got more to come and that's that. That's the stage two that I'll talk about Looking ahead to the last game of the season obviously against Reading at St Andrews it's going to be a great occasion it's obviously against a tough team another team that's had a really good season what are you expecting from the game? A real tough game it's always tough against Reading anyway we beat them in the FA Cup but, but um, drew in the league and, and I think that we need to perform if we perform I think we can beat anybody so if we don't perform Reading got every chance of, of, of taking a result but we need to beat them because to finish above them we need to beat them so that's what we'll be aiming to do they're a good good team with a lot of good good players and I respect them highly but I want to win every game as I've said over the last week or so, you've um, signed uh, Keris out to a new contract. Obviously, that's important for you. And signed Connie Schofield for a first professional contract. A uh, quick word on those two deals for you. I get a bit sentimental when I speak of Keris because of her uh, being in my under-16s when we uh, we first started. So she's a key cog in... The when I think of Birmingham, I think of, I think of Emily Westwood, I think of, of Keris Harrop, and, and I also think of Constance Schofield. So in the other end, I've got a kid who... You know, I put out on Twitter a picture. I've got even younger ones of that, of uh, that smiling face. And it's about time this club started to continue to build on the great foundations we've had previously. We need to add quality as well. This group can't just continue on its own. It needs you need to add quality. But don't it make you feel proud to have a blue shirt and, and blues players coming through your ranks? Uh, it makes me proud and that's where I have a love affair with this club. Before we move on to our next segment, Chris, I briefly want to talk about the closing of the WSL2. Obviously, it's going to become the championship next season. There's been a lot of good goal scorers in this league over the years. Obviously, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk is the one who leads the way and I spoke to her. Uh, you'll hear that interview shortly. As I was mentioning, it was obviously they've had good scorers in that league. Obviously, Frank Kirby had one one or two great seasons down there before she got the move to Chelsea. Sarah Wilshire for Spurs now is obviously having a good season. Beth Heppel, who's been a long stay at Durham, has got a lot of goals. What have you thought of the WSL2 crush since it started in 2014? It's obviously coming to an end a bit prematurely in its current form, but there's been some good moments that will last the test of time. Yeah, and I think the credit that you could give the teams who are in the WSL2 is that 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 gap has closed. You know, some people might look at Yeovil's Yeovil's effort this season and think, well, you know, they they got promoted and they've only picked up two points. But you know, it, it, it used to be 
I mean, when 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 the WSL first come round, and you know, WSL two teams were getting beat seven and eight by by Arsenal's and things like that. That that very rarely happens anymore. It's difficult to gauge to teams like Watford who have been been going through difficulty. You know, whether whether they're putting money in, whether they're going to back the team. You know, and certain players leaving and and things like that. Um, there's a gap between the top teams in the WSL two and the bottom teams in the WSL two, but. It's good for it's good for those players to be playing good league football against decent teams and being in the spotlight. You know, like you say, someone like Courtney Sweetman Kirk, who who was fantastic at Doncaster and 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 she scores goals as so she gets her opportunity and her move to Everton and um, you know obviously Beth Mead at Sunderland scoring goal after goal, Kirby goal after goal in, in WSL two and they get their big moves in the end. So. I certainly think it's had its place. It's been a valuable learning ground for young players, players who who couldn't quite make the make the WSL one teams at the time, but uh, have gone to WSL two clubs and uh, and improved and and learned and grown in their game. You know, Coral is down at WSL two at the moment. She might come back into WSL one at some point. Obviously, the the Brighton players um, have played WSL two this year and, and will progress into the WSL 1 next year. So it's a good learning ground for clubs and, and players. And yeah, I, I think it's definitely had its place. It'll be the similar sort of thing, but but just a rebranding of the name, I think. I, you'd hope that it, it's a very similar very similar standard uh, next season with the, with the new clubs coming in. Yeah, let's hope so. And obviously, at least when the Women's Football Show first started, they were obviously giving them much more coverage for WSL2. Mm. So hopefully hopefully that that returns when the championship comes around, which I would It'd be, be nice. Yeah. Mm. Might, maybe mentioning like when somebody wins the league, you mean? Perhaps like, for instance, Doncaster Bells were named champions of the WSL2 this you, Well, week. you wouldn't have known it if you only took it from the Women's Football Show, would you? But, no, yeah. you, would have, you would have noticed that name at the top of the table, but you yeah. would think, why aren't they mentioning this? I don't yeah. know. They're quite a while ahead disappointing but you know it's um I, I suppose as as difficult it is it is for us and you know it might not be particularly fair but um you know obviously man city and and chelsea and arsenal is where the the main bulk of of supporters interest would come who are watching the women's football show but you've got to mention the fact that a team has won the wsl too if the, if the show was called the WSL One Show, I would understand yeah. why they wouldn't talk about it. But yeah. the fact that it's not called that, it like like with like with Match of the Day, obviously they focus on Premier League, which yes. we know they they do, and, they, and it would be weird if they started talking about Championship matches. But everyone knows the Women's Football Show has covered both of them in recent years, so yeah, we should expect that going forward. But as as yeah. you say, hopefully it changes next season. You'd hope so. So now we'll go into that interview I've mentioned briefly before. That's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. I spoke to her about topics such as her tremendous goal-scoring record in WSL2 and possibility of players from WSL2 being promoted next season. WSL2 is coming to a close this season for the last time before they come to the championship. Obviously, you are the all-time goal scorer in the WSL2 with 40 goals in 40 games. Is that important to you, your record that you had in that league? I think just as any forward, really, scoring goals is important. It's a stat I didn't actually know about, so it's interesting. Tibbs, it's a time where I've scored lots of goals and have lots of good memories. So, yeah, it's um, it's a shame it's obviously coming to a close the way it is, but obviously it'll be in a different format and I'm sure someone else will have a, a nice record for that league. Yeah. 
The likes of Beth Heppel and Sarah Wilshire have, have been chasing down your record this season. They've scored a lot of goals. Do you think the likes of those are going to be looked at by the top clubs next season to give them a chance in the top flight like you did with Everton? Yeah, potentially. Obviously, again, there's going to there's be a lot of change. You know, teams adding to the league and, you know, you've got to fill that with players somehow. And, yeah, like you say, that's how I got my chance. I think, you know, if you're scoring goals in that league and, and performing well, then definitely the um, the teams from WSL1 will definitely be looking. In terms of your first season with Everton, how, how do you think it's gone so far? Yeah, I think it's gone quite well again. Um, I'm scoring goals as a forward. That's one of the most important things for me and also contributing to goals. My performance has been good. I've started a lot of games as well, so that's been um, really nice. It's just been a bit of a learning curve for everyone at the club, really. Something that I can potentially bring my experience to being full-time before. Obviously, it's the first year the club's been full-time, so it's been a learning curve and we've had, you know, we've had a lot of positives and also some things that we can learn from, but we'll do that next season and put that into practice. And uh, finally, what are your goals for next season, obviously? Um, are you looking potentially to earn yourself an England corner up? That's always on the cards. I've done it at every youth level and I've always said that's the biggest honour that you know I could ever have as a footballer so hopefully if I keep scoring goals and playing well then you'll never know. It's now time for our weekly segment Loan Watch. Looking back at how our players out on loan have done over the course of the past seven days. Tottenham Hotspur travelled to Midlands side Aston Villa this past weekend with Coral Jade Haynes starting the game. She played 61 minutes for Spurs before being replaced by Katie O'Leary her best moment of the game was a 30-yard effort that just dipped over the bar just before half-time. The match ended one all with goals from Alicia Endow and Jenna Skilacci. Coral's final game of her loan spell sees her Spurs side travel to Barnet-based London Bees in a mid-table clash. Sophie Bagley started in goal for Bristol City on Tuesday night against Chelsea, with the London side needing just a point to secure the WSL 1 title. The game was featured live on BT Sport and in front of a crowd of 820 people at the Stoke Gifford Stadium. We saw a competitive game between the two sides. Bristol City's Millie Farrow spurned chances before Chelsea took the lead through a header from Drew Spence. Bagley might be a little disappointed with the opener after getting a hand to the ball. Chelsea sealed the win with a second half strike from Joanna Anderson. It was one of Bristol's best defensive performances against the champions of England. Sophie in particular produced a superb save near the end of the game to deny Jisoo Yun. Her effort was tipped onto the bar by Sophie and it was a great performance despite a 2-0 defeat. Sophie's final game of her loan spell at Bristol will be against Arsenal with the London side still in the hunt for the Champions League qualification. We'll now move on to our preview, Chris. Birmingham play Reading in our final game of the season. That's at St. Andrews. Oh, yes. All season ticket holders for the men's team are going to get in for free in this one. So hopefully we'll get a massive turnout for this one, hopefully, with them going to a familiar ground at St. Andrews. Chris, obviously we had a narrow 1-0 win thanks to Marissa Ewers and the FA Cup game at Reading, which was one of the first wins we've had in about five, I think, against Reading. It's all been draws. Mark talked about earlier that it's going to be a tough test against Reading, as we expect with all the ex-Blues players who currently play for Reading, the likes of Jade Moore, Joe Potter, Mary Earps, uh, Kirsty Lynette and Remy Allen, who's had a fantastic season for Reading. Chris, obviously it's going to be a tough game. What do you expect on Sunday? I expect um, I expect it to be tight again. Um, but it, it's a strange one because it's two very informed teams now. 
Um, you know, it, before it used to be the two underdogs, if you like, going head to head and scrapping it out. But both teams are playing very good football at the moment. Both teams are, are flying high in confidence. Um, so it, it'll, it will be very intriguing to see to see which team comes out on top and how both teams go at it, whether whether, whether both teams stick to their principles and, and play the way they have been playing or because of the fixture, because of the history of the fixture, whether it turns into into another slugfest, if you like, and you know, and loads of tackles flying in. So, um, yeah, it will be very intriguing and, and I'm interested to see how it pans out. I'd hope that we stick to, to what we've been doing and, and try and dominate the game and control the game. If we do, the way we've been playing, you know, no reason why we can't get anything from the Reading game. Obviously, the possession-based game that we've been playing recently is going to be more uh, to our advantage, obviously, on a larger pitch, which I think San Andrews is a bit bigger than Solihull. So it's going to be important to keep the ball because you don't want to be too tired because it's obviously going to be a bigger playing service that could play a part, do you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, And you know, the fact that you mentioned there'll hopefully be a, a, a pretty good crowd in um, you know, the last game of the season chance to overtake Reading in in the table on the last day of the season. I think I think Mark and the girls will want to put on a show and I think and I think they'll they'll play the way that they have been playing. They'll set up the way that they have been set up recently. Um and, and try and go at Reading and uh, and show our, our superiority to them. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Obviously Reading played at the Majeski Stadium last week, which was one of their obviously their highlights of the season. They get to play in a big big stadium as well, so mm. they'll so it's kind of our turn for that. As you mentioned, we can leapfrog Reading if we win this game. We are two points behind them in the table currently in fifth place. Reading are in third with thirty one points. We're on twenty nine. Arsenal play Sunderland tonight. And if Sunderland can pick up a win against Arsenal tonight, that gives us a chance, or a slim chance at least, to get third position, Chris. It's going to be, if if Sunderland can get the win tonight, it's going to be an interesting final day of the season. Yeah, it will. Um, you know, obviously, the Ch- Chelsea have won the league, and, and deservedly so. And, and you'd expect, I think with Man City playing Yeovil, you'd expect Man City to, to get the points that secure them Champions League football next season as well. But... Certainly for that third, fourth, fifth spot, you know the, the best of the rest, if you like. Um, it will be an interesting last day if if Sunderland can get something tonight. I, th- I just think you've got to you've got to go out there and and play the game, you know, not play the situation. Go, go out there, try and beat Reading, um, put on a show, and and wherever you end up, you end up, you know. And if it's third, fourth, or fifth that we finish this season, then we've had a a very good end to the season and, and there's a lot of positivity going on to next year then. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the news came overnight that Mark Skinner was nominated for Manager of the Year in WSL 1. It eventually went to Emma Hayes, Chelsea's manager, for winning the double, which wasn't a surprise really. But no. it's, ni- it, it, it's nice company to have when you uh, for Mark, obviously, Chris, to be nominated for this award given uh season this year. Yeah, and you joke about it. I mean, I know... I know Emma Hayes and and Nick Cushion have have got a lot of resource, a, a hell of a lot more resources than than Mark has. You, so you'd expect them to be up there, but they've still got to do the job. They've still still got to win 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 trophies and league titles. And and to be fair, that's that's why Emma Hayes has, has won it. You know, she has gone there and and picked up the league title and and the FA Cup. But I I, I would 
I would say, you know, obviously I'm horrendously biased, but I, I would say Mark has to be up there for for what he's got to, you know, available to him. Um, the way he's got those players playing this season. Um, if we'd have had a stronger, you know, a bit more luck at the start of the season, picked up a few more points, then, then maybe he'd have got more of a say. Um, but definitely second half of the season, you, you can't fault anything that any of the coaching staff have done. Um, and and Matt, who's, who knows, maybe next season he gets the he gets the nod uh, when we've won a trophy. You never know, Chris. Uh, also, special mention for Kelly Chambers at Reading. Obviously, she's had a fantastic season as well this year, and she's also nominated for the award. It, it it's going to be it's going to be a, a nice tough test for both managers this Sunday. And as you as you say, Nick Cushion's not had the best of years. Obviously, Chelsea won the Spring Series, and they've obviously won the league now. So, arguably, I don't know. Is it is it harsh to say he's he's not made the best of his resources this year, and maybe someone else might have been a better position for one of the nominations? But that might be a bit harsh of me to say. I'm not sure. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it's harsh. Um, the side with arguably the the biggest resources, not not just wages and transfer funds, but you know the the training facilities, what Man City give them to not win a trophy in. In in the last twelve months, I, I think they'll be disappointed that they haven't won anything. So I, I wouldn't say it's harsh. Um, out of the four nominated, I, I I think I'd certainly put him fourth. You know, for what for what Mark and Kelly Chambers are, have achieved as well, and obviously Emma's won won the trophy. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's particularly harsh. No, I, I I would potentially, if he had been there longer, maybe Joe Montemoro over Nick Cushing, obviously with Arsenal winning a cup, but. It depends. It depends how you see it. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave it there. But we'll go into our predictions for this Sunday, Chris. It was one nil last time out away at Reading. What do you think it's going to be this Sunday? I I've got a feeling they'll be wanting to put on a show, and I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. We're controlling football matches, um, and I think even though Reading are, are confident as well, I I, I think that. We should we should be confident going into every game we play at the moment. Um, and I think the players will be. And for that reason, I will go a 3-1 Blues win. 3-1, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm For the last game of the season, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to go for a crazy scoreline. And if it happens, then I'm going to be some sort of genius. Here we go. I'm going to go for 4-2 to Birmingham. Whoa, goals galore. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see Remy Allen score. We'll see, <laughs> um, and and Katrin Berger scoring a header in the last minute. What what we'll, we'll yeah, see. What we'll that'd be nice. A fun afternoon to end the season. Let's hope so before the awards the following week, I believe. Yes. That's all for this week's show. Thank you for joining me and Chris. You can find Chris at A W C A I B on Twitter, and you can find me at Craig Hadley. You can also follow the show at Great Since 68. Thanks everyone for listening and remember, keep right on. 